Hello, and welcome to episode 120 of Craft, Cook, Read, Repeat, a conversation about crafting food and books. I'm Monica. And I'm Kelly. I love it when I hear that. Today is Monday, July 17th, 2023. A big thank you to all of our listeners, both old and new. We hope this podcast will continue to be something you put on repeat. How's it going, Kelly? It's going great. Thanks for having me, Monica. So exciting. (laughs) For those of you that have been listening for years now, Kelly has been on before. She is my good friend. We've been friends for a long time. Almost 20 years? Almost 20 years. Very long time. And she is crafty and she cooks and she reads and she is delighted, I think. I'm Mm going to pretend she's delighted. Delighted. (laughs) Absolutely delighted. When Courtney is off traveling (laughs) for extended periods of time with her family, which I think she's having an amazing time because she hasn't checked in at all, which good for her. Where did they go? Europe. Excellent. It's a place to go this summer. (laughs) Yeah. Although it looks like they're getting the the heat heat as well. Yeah, I just heard the heat just went up, up. So we will see. It is not hot here, although it is beautiful. I woke up to a sunny day and it made my day. So we've had sun the last three days. Yeah. Maybe four. Very exciting stuff. It's almost like summer. Without the the million degree uh, temperature. It's the best bits of San Francisco summer. Yeah. Every once in a while we do get it. But yeah, so... You know, because Kelly is so awesome, we're going to have all our regular segments on the needles, on the easel, on the table, on the nightstand, and even bingo. Woohoo! Everybody loves bingo. So on the needles, it has, I guess it's only been maybe a week and a half since Courtney and I talked, so everything is still pretty much the same. Although I did finish my Gemini sweater, sweater, t-shirt. It is a pattern by Jane Richmond. And I think it was on nitty.com. So it is a free pattern. You can wear it backwards and forwards, which is why the Gemini name. Oh, It turned out pretty cute. I knit it in Zombie Yarns Thriller, which is a cotton linen DK yarn in the colorway Bumbleberry, which is kind of an orchid, but it's got some little brown and yellow speckles because the sort of zombie grungy grungy look that she goes for and i got it at stitches last year she was having all of her yarn on sale i think she was stopping dying and so everything was five dollars a skein which i mean that's pretty good for hand dyed yarn yeah so it was great so i finished it it's got a little lace work up at the top and then it's just a little t-shirt shaped very simple it had been going a little bit slowly I had gotten the top part done, and so now I was just on the knitting and knitting and knitting for the body. There's always that part of a sweater where you just feel like you're not making progress. So I decided, since I'm not doing the actual four-day sweater knit along, that I would just sort of do my own (laughs) and try and finish up this t-shirt to see how much I could get done if I was actually focused on it. And the answer is quite a lot, because I finished it over the weekend. And it's DK, so it, it took a little bit less time than it would if it was a fingering weight sweater, obviously. But yeah, so I just did a bunch of knitting. And since it was all stockinette, I was able to do some reading at the same time. So it was great. Nice. And I was going to say that I saw you the other night and you were wearing this I sweater, was. I believe. And it's super cute. Oh, I thank loved you. it. I loved it. It's a good summer sweater. That was what I yeah. was looking for, especially here, <laughs> where we can actually <laughs> wear sweaters. Even we don't sweater send the fan at a restaurant. Well, that's true. Yes. <laughs> I will say that because it's cotton and linen, it stretched really fast. So it was a little bit more tight when I put it on in the morning, (laughs) and it was a little bit droopy by the end of the day. It seems to work if I throw it in the washer and dryer. There were no care instructions on the yarn tag, which was a little 
upsetting. And since she's not dying anymore, I can't find any instructions, but it seemed to work okay. So I might try and, and do that again and see, see if it works. But yeah, so I'm pleased with that. And then I have been going back and doing some more work on my Dark Academia by Sharon Hartley. I have finished the body and started on a sleeve. <laughs> this is my big fall project sweater in the, I mean, it's Dark Academia, which is, as Courtney and I talked about last time, totally a zeitgeist in books and knitting and apparently wallpaper as well, or fabric. Maybe wallpaper, one of them anyway. So that kind of gothic. I was going to say like dark black purple yeah colors yeah so my sweater is in porter wool company in huntress which is a dark forest green and then serendipity coast side in blossom which is a peachy very light peachy pink so the the background is the dark green and then the blossom colorway is all the decorative it looks like the the metalwork for a a stained glass window oh okay okay without the stained glass the green is all cool so i'll have to show you it's really cool and then the um the sleeves have the color work as well so the whole thing is just amazing and it's gone pretty quickly i think because there is so much going on because you aren't just knitting and knitting you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to what you're doing and the pattern as the pattern emerges you want to see what's going to happen next so it's been going pretty well it's like reading a good book exactly (laughs) yeah so i got some work done on that but then i'm traveling again so that'll get put down for a little while but it's fine it's you know definitely a work in progress and something that i want to keep working on and seems to be going well i tried it on it seems to be fitting Someday we will have that finished. I also made a bunch of progress on my Vanilla is the New Black Socks by Anna Fletcher. That is in the White Birch Fiber Arts in the colorway Little Birdie. So that is one of my... That's actually a double dip for my bingo squares because it is a remake of a project and it is crafting a bird themed. I was going to say. Yes. (laughs) So I was very excited about that. I had finished the first sock and then I wasn't getting anything done the second. But then a bunch of the ladies that I do the yarn retreat with in April got in the Bay Area, had a little get together this weekend. We met at a coffee shop just to, you know, say hi, chat, knit, obviously. (laughs) Uh, So I got a whole bunch done, probably two thirds of the leg just while I was sitting there. So that was good. And except that now I'm sort of at the point where I don't have that much left to do. I mean, I still have to turn the heel and then do the foot, but for a two-week road trip, that's not going to last me very long. So I'm trying to figure out if I can finish it off before I go or if I just bring it with me and bring some other sock yarn and cast that on while I'm there. I don't know. I haven't figured out what I want to do. I was going to ask, what are you going to bring on the road on the needle? I have some plans. (laughs) I've I've been plotting and planning. If I don't finish this, although... My husband and I are watching The Bear, which is really good. It's on my list. I yeah. haven't gotten to it Lots yet. of food stuff. I mean, I, it's about a restaurant. Well, yeah. So there's a lot. Of, <laughs> and especially the second season, there's just a lot of food stuff. So I got a bunch done last night. I think we're going to, we have five more episodes in the second season. So I think we're going to try and finish that before we leave. So more knitting time. Some binging. Yeah. So I need to finish that. So I might get that done. If not, I guess that'll come with me. One thing that I am going to take with me is my Contrast Blast Socks by Stephen West. Clue 2 is out. I finished it. Clue 3 will be coming out Thursday and then Clue 4 the following Thursday. So I'll have to take those with me on the road. And they are, it's definitely not mindless knitting. You have to figure out what you're doing. I was very excited because the second clue flowed really well from the first clue. It looks great. It looks, you know, like it's 
one kind of sock, but you still have a totally different thing going on. I think I said last time, a lot of times with the mystery socks, especially, they just kind of like the clues feel like they were trying to do something different. And it doesn't feel like a whole project. They feel like little separate parts. I mean, that's part of the thing with the with a mystery is that you want to make it interesting, but you want to make it all one thing as well. So I'm very pleased with how these are turning out. They're super fun. Colorwork socks in my Mominoki yarn in Aqua Flash and Teal Blast, which are just continue to look fantastic together and make me happy every time I work on them, especially with a little pop of pink. I think I saw a picture of those. Did you post a picture of those? I did. Okay, yeah. With the heel is done. Yeah. So So pretty. Yeah. So this the second clue, he does does the knitting to make it look like it's kind of woven with the two colors. And then the heel is mostly the main color, but with little more almost speckles of the the contrast. So I'm very excited to see what happens in the final two clues. And then I will have an entire second sock to knit, which and actually he reverses that. So that'll be kind of fun. And it'll make me think a little bit, but that'll be exciting. But then I did decide to cast on a shawl to take with me on my trip. Mm-hmm. And it is called Rome by Don Barker. The yarn is Rainbow Peak yarn super sock in Luminosity 2. And I got this very recently when I was in Boulder, Colorado, at Lulafay Fiber, which was a delightful yarn shop. Uh, like the whole front room was local dyers, which if you're in Boulder, there are some amazing dyers. Hugh Loco keeps being my example that I give because I think she was probably the most well-known, but this Rainbow Peak Yarns was local. And actually the colorway, I didn't realize, but when I was checking out, the woman said this is a colorway that she does just for the shop. So that's always fun. It was really nice because I think for any local yarn store, there's a tension between what the tourists want to buy and what the locals want to buy. You know, if you're traveling around, it's a thing to go to a yarn shop and then you will buy some local yarn. But if you're living there, you don't necessarily care about that. You want whatever, you know, workhorse yarn you need or the regular, you need what you need. So I thought this was really nice. She had all the local yarns in the front room out front and then uh, the rest of the shop, which was not huge, but was really nicely stocked, was kind of all of the other yarns. So it was really great. So I found this yarn. So the thing about this pattern and the yarn is that they are designed for assigned pooling, which is where most of the skein is a solid color. And then there are maybe a third of the skein or a quarter. uh, There's a bit of a contrast color. So mine is mostly white. And then you have bright aqua, a highlighter green, and then like a gray pink. And so the shawl is a basic kind of triangular shawl. But every time you hit the colored section, you do a series of small baubles. And so it makes the colored part pop out. Oh, cool. It looks very cool. Basically, it looks like a field of flowers. I was also kind of attracted to it because it was (laughs) called Rome and I'm going on a road trip. So (laughs) that was pretty fun. And I'm using the yarn that I got the last time I was traveling, which granted was very recently, but (laughs) still very exciting. So I got that started just so I could have something to work on and be ready and, you know, know what I'm doing. And then I can just take it out and and go. And it was very potato chippy because I just wanted to keep doing a little bit more, get to the next (laughs) little color blip. Uh, The only tricky part was I kept hitting the colors as I was, because you knit back and forth. So I'd get to the end of a row and I'd be in the middle of a color loop. And I don't think you really want a bobble right at the end, like as your final stitch. So I had to kind of finagle things a little bit, but 
I think it's looking pretty nice. I posted a picture of that one as well. And we'll see. It uses two skeins of yarn, so it's definitely a big project. But they are fingering weight, so it doesn't take up a ton of room. But it will... I think it should keep me busy for a very long while. I haven't quite decided what else I'm going to bring. I will probably try and have more sock yarn, because that's just always easy peasy mm-hmm. for traveling. I was thinking about casting on another t-shirt, but I think if I've got this huge amount of sock yarn for the shawl, I think that'll take me well. And honestly, we're going through knitting country, I feel like. <laughs> the middle of the country, there's plenty of knitting going on, I'm sure. If I really run out of yarn, I can hit a yarn store somewhere and, and grab some yarn. be hitting the yarn stores either way. Well, that's true. I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of, we have very busy schedule, a lot of driving, a lot of sightseeing. And so we will see. And I, I think I've already got my kids to agree to go see Barbie. So <laughs> yarn store as well might be a little bit much. Oh, it's only fair. It is. It's true. So that is all that's on the needles. You were going to talk about on the easel a little bit. Well. Plans for on the easel On anyway. my crafting table. I guess I should call it a crafting Yeah, because you do all sorts of crafting. Well, I used to. I had a really tough teaching year last year and sort of I came home and slept rather than <laughs> do anything else. That seems so reasonable. It wasn't a real crafty whole year for me. And then the school year ended and we just got back from a trip. So we um, set off right after school got out. So I have thoughts and ideas and I have plenty of supplies. <laughs> but I was saying about the easel is that I have a friend a mutual friend, Danica, who gave me a little postcard for my birthday of some poppies that she painted. And a couple years ago, my kids for my birthday during COVID planned a painting day in our backyard of this tree and all these poppies that we had in our backyard. We each, my husband and two daughters and I, we all painted this scene from a different point of view. I remember that. That was cool. And I still have those hanging up in my house. And I thought mine turned out pretty good (laughs) for a total amateur. But anyways, I love watercolor. I bought some watercolor postcard paper prior to getting the postcard from Danica. And I saw a lady painting on our trip that had the water pens that you dip into the watercolors. And I thought, well, that looks so great. You could take it anywhere. And I had wished that I had been ready to take painting with me on our trip. Not that I would have gotten anything done because we never stopped moving. That is going to be my new medium so I can chalk something off my bingo board. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that'll <laughs> um, be. That's a good one. So I thought I would either do some YouTube tutorials, but I think I'll sit with Danica because she's been taking some classes and dabbling a bit. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll poke at Courtney, too, because she knows Danica, too. Yeah. <laughs> could have a little painting party. Yeah. So as far as crafting... Didn't quite make any goals this year, but I have some good future thoughts if all yes. things go. And you have your embroidery kit too. And I and <clears throat> Monica got me the cutest embroidery kit, which traveled all over Europe with me. Oh, did it really? <laughs> it did. It, it's so nice and perfectly <laughs> packed in my bag, and it never came out. Yeah, but, I still um, have not touched mine since I got back from. Yeah, and I'd like to stitches. sit down with you to do that yeah. because you took a class yeah. when you were at Stitches. I did. I've done a couple hoops. Of simple stuff that I've purchased like a kit from, but I've, I've definitely not thought about, I just kind of, you know, did what I thought I was supposed to do. Not anything. um, Well, that kit is really nice. I'm assuming it's like the one that I have in that she gives you all of how to do the stitches and the order to do them in and, you know, what yarn to use, obviously. And so it was really, I mean, I took the class with her, so she walked us through it all, but it was, it was all in the book and was very nice. So I think, I think the kit will help you in all the ways that you need. Yeah. And I think 
if the school year continues to be tricky, <laughs> we have another one, which so far it may be. It's a really good thing at the end of the day to kind of calm down and focus on, you know, a task that, you know, you, you knit. I, I could use something to keep my hands busy as well in the afternoon. On the table. Uh, I've been doing actually, you know what, this time it is all smitten kitchen for me. <laughs> I have been reading her newsletter and she has been sending out great ideas. So I have been cooking them. And the first one will be kind of a surprise. I did slow and low dry rub oven chicken, mm. which I just kind of decided I wanted chicken. My children wanted chicken. Both boys were home. So I made chicken and actually it worked out pretty well. So you, you brine your chicken first, take a whole chicken, cut it up or have the butcher do it for you, which is what I did because they'll do it for free. So why not? Brine it. And then you make a spice rub and put it all on your chicken. So I saved some of that for later and put it on some tofu for my husband. Oh, nice. Good idea. Yeah. So, you know, same idea, same taste profile, but just um, made it work for him. And then you wrap it all up in foil. And I think she said something about putting it what seemed uh, an unseemly amount of the spice rub on there. So I thought that was kind of funny. And I went ahead and did that. <laughs> and I still had some left over. So I don't know, but it turned out really good. And then you bake it. I think it was like at 300. I don't know. It's on the website. The links are in our show notes and bake it for longer than you would. I mean, longer than you would normally if you were just blasting away the chicken. So the idea is to kind of do like slow cooked ribs, but you're doing it with chicken. Well, I bet it's so moist. It and good. was so moist and good. To finish it off, you open it up, you pour off the juices, you make a little sauce with them, you know, boil them, and I think added a little vinegar or something. That was also delicious. And then you just broil it for a little bit to kind of crisp up the top. Mm -hmm. It was really juicy and delicious. I love good chicken. And easy, right? Yeah. I mean, you do have to theoretically remember to brine it, but she says you can do it for as little as an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty easy. And then you just stick it in the oven. I guess... You know, if you, if you are having a heat wave, I guess if you have air conditioning, it's not an issue. But if you're having a heat wave and don't have air conditioning, then leaving the oven on for a while could be problematic. We weren't having that issue <laughs> when it I made It only happens once a year. <laughs> yeah, we had all our natural air conditioning working <laughs> overtime, so it was fine. But yeah, it was, it was really, really tasty and delicious. And then with it, I served her broccoli slaw, mm. which was also very good. I mean, it was it was kind of a traditional one, the broccoli and the cranberries and I think some sliced almonds and a few red onions, which I thought about leaving them out because, you know, raw onions, but they were actually really good and just added a little bit more zip to the whole thing. And then you make a buttermilk dressing and put that on it. And, you know, it was a recipe where my kids... Again, unprompted, said this is really good. <laughs> so that was exciting. Yay. She's always a hit at my house. Yeah. And then finally, I made her corn chowder with chili lime and cotija. So it's, you know, it's a corn chowder, but she gives it a Mexican flavor, like the elote, the street mm -hmm. corn with all the, the lime and the cotija and all <laughs> that deliciousness. And she uses beans instead of potatoes. And so I had some Rancho Gordo red beans. I forget which ones they were exactly, but they were from there. Uh, they work with a bunch of small Mexican organic producers to get heirloom beans. So I had some of those. So that was also delicious. The, I think the most complicated part was scraping the corn <laughs> off the, the cob. So you leave half of the kernels whole and you squish up 
the other half and add it all in and you have to get the, well, I guess you don't have to, but it's good if you do get the corn milk mm-hmm. off of it. And mm-hmm. then you just kind of be a bit more or less throwing everything in the pot and, and cooking it. And then you make like a creamy sauce with the lime and the, I think the cotija and then some sour cream as well. Um, and then serve it with chips and more lime. And I had some of the, oh, the spicy, spicy, sweet chili powder tasting thing that I totally forget what it's called, but it's delicious. <laughs> I've uh, been hankering for corn chowder. It was good. I was supposed to go to the farmer's market yesterday, but it didn't happen. But corn uh, was on the list. Corn and tomatoes. Wasn't that her? Yeah. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> so I, I think I read her. there? Although my produce box, we have not been getting any tomatoes yet, so it is not quite yet season. We got some really good ones from the Sunset Farmer's Market down the street from here, and they were really good, and they were gone in two days, and I was like, that was a lot of tomatoes. You can't have tomatoes in my house, or avocados. I mean, they're not going to last very long anyway. No, they were good, and we just left them on the counter, so they taste so much better. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's all mine. I don't know what I'll talk about next time because I'll be traveling for two weeks. <laughs> You'll talk about all the good food you ate. That's true. <laughs> we are planning on hitting a steakhouse in, uh, <laughs> in Chicago. So that'll be good. And uh, <laughs> the funniest part with the corn chowder is I put all of the corn cobs in our compost bin mm-hmm. and it was sitting out. And apparently our dog decided that (laughs) that corn cobs were really his thing. It took a while for us to notice. I finally looked over and there was a corn cob sitting on the floor in the dining room. (laughs) I was like, what just happened? And my husband said, oh, you know, I noticed him kind of sneaking off to the bedroom. So we went to look. There was one in the hallway on the way to the bedroom where he has his own bed. There was like two more hanging out in the kitchen. He was... He had plans for those corn cobs. I don't know what he was going to do with That's them. That's hilarious. Exactly. But yeah, he was very <laughs> into it. So I picked all of them up, put them back in, closed the lid. He was back in there two minutes later <laughs> trying to get them out again. So apparently it was good corn. All right. How about you? Well, I've been traveling. We went to Slovakia, Slovenia, and Croatia. And there was a lot of meat for a lot of days. <laughs> we were gone for three weeks. And the only vegetables we ate really were in salads. We had a lot of Greek salads that were delicious. The further south we got, the more of those. And then a couple barbecues we had, you know, not green vegetables, lots of root vegetables Mm. and meat. And it was really good. Everything was delicious. And seafood too, right? Yes. Sorry. And a lot of seafood, Um, especially, yeah, once we hit the coast, there was a lot of seafood, uh, shrimp and a lot of shellfish, which I'm not big on the shellfish, but the shrimp were amazing. There was sea bass that was amazing. Everywhere we ate the sea bass was really, really good. I wanted to say my favorite thing of all the food that we ate, I have a daughter who has celiac disease. And so this was a hard trip for her food wise. We did not find very many options, but one thing was risotto. Lots of risotto. And we went to a Canoba, which is a restaurant in Croatia that's sort of a family-run restaurant. And it's from food from their family origin location. And usually there's a farm there and then um, the recipes come in from there. And, so and kind we- of everything had to be f- has to be from... I think so. Okay. Honestly, I haven't read the rules. <laughs> okay. But, um, and some were more, like this one was in the middle of split. So it was not like it was off on a hillside, which oh, we right. did go to one that was off on a hillside and it was amazing. That sounds really cool. And we had a view of split at sunset and that meal was amazing. Even though we didn't have a reservation, they fit us in and we had a limited menu to choose from because we hadn't mm-hmm. been planned on. But that was amazing. 
And this place was very popular in Split. The meals were all served in these little red pots with white polka dots and a lid on them. And it was really sweet. <laughs> it was cute. And they tie a bib around you when you get your pot because it's all full of the juices. So there's some funny pictures of us in our bibs. But what my daughters both ordered and I had many bites of was a beetroot risotto Ooh. with a large dollop of burrata in the middle. And it mm. was outstanding. It was beautiful. It was bright pink. And this big, fresh blob of burrata, which is so... We had burrata probably four nights out of the week. <laughs> no matter where we were, burrata is out there. It is very popular right now. We eat it here, but it was on every menu. So that was delicious. So I found a recipe. I have not tried this recipe, uh -huh, but this okay. looked good. The risotto that we had did not have pieces of beet in it. It was just the color. So I don't know oh, interesting. exactly how they did it. And this recipe looks like it has some beet chunks in it, which I love beets. And we had plenty of beets and yeah. salads along the way as well. But this looks good. So I sort of threw it in there. Um, but I can't say I've tried it. And then the other thing is that since we've been back, I've been dying for vegetables. <laughs> and I've been following... Love and Lemons, which I guess is a blog, and I don't know how I found out about them, but I've been following them for some time, and it was Amazon Prime Day the other day, oh. and I'm a bit of a sucker, which I hate that I am, but it's so convenient. But anyways, she advertised that her book was on sale, so I went out and I ordered it, nice. and it came the other day, and it's all plant-focused meals, and the format of this book is half the meals are make it right now with what's in your pantry and the other half are plan ahead meals where you might need to go out and buy something and it's just a beautiful cookbook it looks really easy to use it just came like three days ago tabbed a couple things that i want to make this looks amazing it's really it's cute um, i feel like either courtney or i have used her recipes maybe would... so and that very well could be where i got her name one thing i am addicted to right now are bowls and she's got a whole section of here are the five things you might want to put in a bowl. Grains, vegetables, sauce. And she's got like 10 things for each of those categories. So you can just kind oh, of mix and match bowl at a glance, which I've always wanted to make my own bowl at, a, bowl at a glance chart, but I never have. So now I have it right here there for me. Go. Some of the sauces sound really good. We love tahini at my house. And there's a couple things with tahini and a lot of chickpea recipes, which I think we're going to jump on this coming week. Nice. There's a tahini soup. I think. Let me, just, let me just pull it up. And here's the green bowl. Oh. I'm showing Monica. It's this great little. And it's also really pretty. And it's just little pictures <laughs> it does. too. It has pictures next to each thing you could put in the bowl. And there's eight things in each category: veggie, grain, protein, sauce, and extras. There's my bowl at a glance for my busy weekends. Ooh. There's a sauce page with all these different sauces. Oh, it's creamy tahini chickpea soup. Oh, that looks Which good. Just yeah, it's, it's speaking to me. So I think that's going to be either that or a corn chowder this week. I mean, you could do both. I could. Or there's I, always next week. <laughs> there is always next week. I'm not going back to work for another month. So I don't think the corn is going anywhere. No, I think that there's some time for corn. Yeah. So I'm excited about this nice. about this new book and some vegetables. Cool. I will say Julia Tertian has been doing in her newsletter i think it's on substack but i this is the one i get so it's the free available to everyone i think and she's been doing charts for everything mm. like mix and match salads mi mix and match probably grain bowls as well she did like cocktails or mocktails fruits and stuff salads just lots of really great ideas of you know how to just start more thinking about 
using what you have and like this is what I want. Let's throw some stuff together, which is very helpful because I'm just not good at that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of a busy work day, you come home and you're really depleted. <laughs> I am, I am, I should say, really depleted at the end of the day. And yet everybody is hungry. And if I have both my kids home, I've got to plan something that's for my celiac eater. And then everybody else eats something. I could live on vegetables alone, but my husband would like some meat. So yeah, it's nice to, I mean, we made the weirdest bowl last night, but it was still really good. <laughs> but, yeah. but we've just been back. So the pantry is low. And then that's nice with the bowl because then everybody can kind of do their own thing. Exactly. And you can do a bunch of stuff. And... Yeah. I feel like we can put a couple sauces out. Yeah. I can offer nuts if you want them. There's breadcrumbs if you want them. Like last night we had crispy onions, which were not for mm. one child, but everybody else partook. Yeah. And we cleaned out the pantry pretty good too. Perfect. <laughs> we did a salad with halloumi, grilled halloumi mm. and mm. nectarines. Mm. I think it was a, it was a dinner love story recipe and i had made all the components and i was gonna just combine the salad and i was like Ugh, you know everything's already sort of on its own dish like i'll just put everything out there i think i dressed the lettuce and put some extra dressing out there and i figured everyone can just sort of take however much they feel called to eat because i'd left over chicken as well that was why so i was like kids can have some of the cheese if they want but if they're also feeling the need for more meat-based protein they can do that as well and it was hilarious because all three of my people had little separate piles of all the ingredients. <laughs> and I had served, like, I had gotten everything and they were kind of slow coming to the table. So I was like, so I started to serve myself. So I mixed it all together, right? It's like salad, all the greens, and then I piled everything on top. So here's what we're doing, people. Nope, everybody, it was like toddler food, little, little individual bits, which, you know, whatever, that's fine. It works for them. I just thought that was pretty funny. That's how I serve most meals at our house. Here's all the yeah. things. Make what you want out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it, it works very well. I, I like it. Okay. On the nightstand, I want you all to be sitting down because when I say this, <laughs> I only have two books this time. I was shocked when I read the notes. <laughs> shocked. Completely shocked. I'm like, I've read more than Monica. It's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, it has only been a week and a half, maybe less, since we've talked. And they were... The first one I was reading was a very intense, long book. That, it wasn't too long. They were both about 400 pages. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I've been doing other things, I guess. <laughs> good for um, you. So yeah, but they were both really good. So I'm excited to talk about them. And no, again, no Kinsey Milhone. <sighs> so <laughs> it's just all kinds of craziness this time. Okay. So the first one is Independent People by Haldor Laxness. He is an Icelandic writer. And this was originally published in 1934 and won him the Nobel Prize for Literature. So this will get me a bingo square. Yeah, I think it's Iceland's only Nobel Prize. So very wow. exciting. Oh, very exciting. So this one was recommended very strongly to our book club by one of the, the women who attends. And it was available at the library. So I got it on my Kindle and it's been hanging out for a little while. It is the story of... Bjartur Johnson, who is a sheep farmer, Icelandic sheep farmer in the early part of the 20th century. So it is like not my usual <laughs> genre at all, people. He worked for 18 years for the bailiff, finally has enough money to buy his own land and flock and croft. So he's a place to live, starts raising a family. And his philosophy is that the most important thing is to be an independent man, that if you are independent, you are like a king. So he does not accept favors or gifts 
or loans or or even help. It's kind of the story of his life for about 20 years or so. And you also meet his kids and his wives, his neighbors. And it's it's just this really hard farming, sheep herding life. But he's independent. There's one of the descriptions, or I think it's on Goodreads and Amazon, all of them says it's genuinely heroic and at the same time terrifying and bleakly comic, which is a really good description. It reminded me also a lot of a book about the American West, where you know, with but with mountains instead of prairies, where it's just people fighting nature. Nature is gorgeous, but it's hard. And there was there was definitely a lot of that. He was a really interesting character. He's very independent. He's very cranky. He almost seems to have no emotions because that would be accepting too much from other people. But he's also a poet. He has memorized all of the sagas and he'll be out herding sheep and just quoting, you know, some Viking story. There's a lot of coffee drinking in this book. <laughs> it is it is tragic and kind of hopeful at the end. I don't know the in the introduction the I think it was the translator was talking about sitting in an Italian cafe reading this book and just crying at the ending. I did not cry, but it was it was you know it it was a it was a whole whole thing. I was I was surprised by how much I I really was moved by it and in, enjoyed it even though it's so bleak. What made you choose this book? Uh just this woman she talked about it so intensely mm -hmm. you know and there haven't been a lot of books in our book club that she's been super positive about <laughs> so that she was like this is amazing and it just i don't know it sounded really different you know and it won him the nobel prize and always you know it's always interesting to see what like a classic is like and i think it's been a while since i've read something that's you know thought to be a classic and been like yeah that was a great amazing book i can see why we're still talking about it mm -hmm. So I was, I was, yeah, kind of blown away. There's uh, the descriptions of the landscape are amazing. The bleakness is really, really bleak. I mean, it's Iceland in the winter at times, but then, then there's also the summers and although those are quite, quite difficult too. And then there's all the sheep. There's a lot about sheep. It's a little bit like Moby Dick and where there'll be a whole thing about sheep farming and they have sheep diseases. You get way more than you want to know about what can happen to sheep. It's right before and during and after World War One, mm -hmm. uh, so like they still don't have electricity. I mean, they're living a super rural lifestyle where the entry level of the family home is where the animals stay. Mm -hmm. You walk through the barn and up a ladder to get to where the people are. Mm -hmm. And the big excitement is when they finally cut a second hole in the barn area so that the animal manure goes out that hole and the people don't have to walk out the same <laughs> oh nice. same part so like it's that kind of life mm -hmm. but he's independent right yeah so the the push-pull between his independence and you know what you owe to your kids or your your family or do you owe them anything you know i mean he's trying to teach them to be independent and there's a lot of political stuff going on as well that i kind of understood but i didn't really know what was going on in iceland at the time so I did a little bit of Googling as far as, you know, the history there. But yeah, it was really, it, you know, it's it's a tough book, I would say. It's not, you know, a happy, easy beach read like I normally read. <laughs> I'm very much a genre fiction girl. <laughs> but I really, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this one quite a bit and was impressed by it. And 
Yeah, I can see why if this was kind of the the summit of his writing that, yeah, uh, he did a great job. And then my other one, Deep as the Sky, Red as the Sea by Rita Chang Epig. Lady Pirates again. (laughs) Who knew? I don't know. I don't know how I got in this in this genre. But uh, yeah, so this one is actually historical fiction based on an actual lady pirate who was active in the South China Sea in the early 1800s. And so this is based on her life story. And uh, it opens her husband, who was her co-fleet pirate captain, has just been murdered in a sea battle against the Portuguese. And so she marries his adopted heir, a kid that he (laughs) that he kidnapped and made into a pirate. And he was really great at it. So he became the heir. So they get married to keep the fleet together. Uh, There's also a pirate alliance, and transitions are always very dangerous times, so they have to try and keep a pirate alliance together. Uh, The emperor is out to get them all, obviously, because they're pirates, so they're fighting that. And the Europeans are getting cranky because the emperor won't trade with them, so it's right before the opium wars, and so all of that is kind of building. So it was exciting. (laughs) You know, it's a pirate story. Uh, But there's also lots of kind of the push, her personal push-pull. She was kidnapped into this life as well. It was not something she would have chosen. But she was also the kind of woman that would not have been super happy just being on land and being a little housewife. She doesn't like what she does, but she also doesn't not like it. Uh, So there's a lot of that. And then, you know, how, how long can she keep doing this? And how... How much does she owe her new husband? So there's lots of, you know, their, their relationship is a big part of it as well. It was it was really great. It's a debut novel as well. Really well written, though, I thought. Great story. Um, I went, you know, and looked up the actual, the actual <laughs> um, history, what is known about this woman. And she did a, a really good job. I think she kind of compressed the timeline a little bit, but it looks like she kept pretty true to what uh, actually happened in this lady pirate's life. It was good. Very cool. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely fictionalized. And there's some, you know, a little bit of talking to the goddess, but, you know. (laughs) I I think that was probably pretty real. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, it was, and, you know, you just, and kind of the history, the history stuff as well, because that's, you know, if it's not Tudor England, I'm not super strong. (laughs) (laughs) And she did a good job of grounding you in what was going on without it being a history lesson. Right. Um, So you could follow along with even if you didn't know all of your Chinese history. So. Right. So well done. And I would recommend that one. How about you? Well, I haven't been here for some time. So there were lots of books on my list, but I won't go back that far. I did want to, I've read a lot of things. I've listened to a lot of things. I was listening way more than reading and I'm back to books. So that feels really positive. I was looking for books that took place or were about people from Croatia or Slovenia or Slovakia. And the list was very short. Hmm which was kind of a bummer, but I found this book called Girl of War by Sarah Novich. I listened to it, and as I'm listening to it, I'm like, gosh, this is familiar. I know this story. And I'm listening, and I'm listening, and I'm like, okay, if this happens, then I know that I've either read this or I've seen a movie. So that happened. So I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'm rereading a book I've already read, but it was so compelling. I couldn't stop listening. I ended up buying it for my kids to read which they haven't yet, but I'm hoping. But it's the story of a 10-year-old girl at the beginning of the Civil War in Yugoslavia and what happens with her family and what happens to her and then her return to Croatia long after things have settled. And it was so good. It was just as good the second time. It it was emotional. I have to say I cried while reading it. 
it was really, really good. It was a really great story. I recommend it. It helped me with things that happened over there that I knew about but didn't really know about. And it was a good precursor to our trip. So I recommend that. That was It was a great story. Also, I, I, I did find one book that I bought for Croatia, and I actually read this while on our trip, called Chasing a Croatian Girl by Cody McLean Brown. And he is the author and the main character, I suppose. He started a blog when he was living in Croatia. So he met a Croatian girl here. They end up getting married. Mm. And so then... Spoiler they, alert. <laughs> I don't think that's a spoiler, no. though. So he goes to live in Croatia, and... It's a struggle for an outsider to come in. It's a close community. It's very different. There are lots of funny tales that he has about, I'd say, superstitions that people have um, about his mother-in-law and her duties that she felt were just not even a duty, but just that's what mother-in-laws do. Lunch is a very big deal there. And you eat lunch and you are fed lunch. You are fed a huge lunch. And so what the book is is a compilation of some of his blogs Uh and it's really funny it's laugh out loud stories i was hesitant to ask about some of the things i read (laughs) because they seemed so far-fetched for me but uh really good stories really funny it was great to be reading it while we were there and I think one of the things that in, in Croatia, you drink rakia. Rakia is what is made after the grappa. So the grapes have been distilled and distilled again and distilled again. And they distill them one more time to make rakia. And everyone has their own rakia. So if you live on this island, you're making that rakia. And this sort of seemed to be a theme throughout our trip. All the different countries that we were in is that everybody has their liquor. That's their, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel because it's, but, but maybe it is the bottom of the barrel, but it's like your hardcore. It's your final. It's your final thing. And like, uh, we visited a friend in Slovakia and his is apricot flavored because he lives on an apricot orchard. So they make this and it is very strong and you don't sip it, you shoot it. And in these lovely, which we looked for, but couldn't find little, they're not shot glasses like American shot glasses. They're maybe a third of the size and they're mm. fine glass. And, you know, they're not all fancy, and sometimes they're bigger than that. But um, anyways, everywhere we went, we were greeted with some sort of rakia, some sort of liquor like that, that you shoot as a gesture to say hello or welcome or goodbye or good morning or good night. <laughs> um, but we had lots of shots. Our youngest kid had one shot and that was it. She was done. But my husband and I partook in all the different fun occasions that it came to be and different some were smooth, some were not. <laughs> but it was it was kind of fun to drink. And in the book, The Chasing the Croatian Girl, he talks about how you drink it in the morning to warm you up. You drink it in the winter to warm you up. You drink it as medicine when you're not feeling well. You drink it in the summer to cool you down. So it, <laughs> it, it is medicine for everything. So And we found it everywhere that we were. So that was kind of a fun connection that we were allowed to be a part of while we were there. Can you buy it anywhere or is it really just... Well, we knew we couldn't take it with us because we weren't checking baggage. So we didn't look. I'm pretty sure you can buy it and drink it there. There's there's a lot of farmer's markets and Mm. there was a lot of like, this olive oil is from my farm. This, this is from my farm. I'm pretty sure we did see some stuff, but we kind of brushed by it because we knew we weren't going to take it with us. The two of us couldn't have put away a whole bottle in the time that we were there and no. our kids didn't really need it <laughs> not so much but <laughs> and then you had one more book that i did want to talk about oh, yeah because i so, thought it was funny <laughs> so this this is before we went on our trip my daughter and i went to one of my favorite bookstores in west portal 
the bookstore in West Portal yep. or bookshop in West Portal. She she's not a reader, but she has she's read two books this year. I'm super excited about. She picked out this one to be her third book. So I was like, all right, if that looks good to you, we'll read it. And then as we were checking out, we'd kind of already decided we were happy about it. And then the lady's like, it's part of a series, but I don't think it matters if you read the books before it. But I didn't know it was the third book in the series. But it's my first book in the series of three, so I'm going <laughs> to check that one off. Yeah. And it's The Secret Service of Tea and Treason by India Holton. And, and I have read the first two. And she's read the first two, so we're going to talk because I'm a little confused. <laughs> There's a lot going on. It is... It is good to know, though. Because right. I... How did yeah. I describe it? Because I, I think I had to look up what genre it would be. Historical fantasy romance spy novel. That is kind of what it is. And so for me, that was my new genre, thinking that it was just like a like a spy mystery. I thought it was a mm -hmm. spy mystery novel. It is much more than that. Yes. This is the one with the flying houses, people. <laughs> yes. That's the part I'm a little confused. And I'm just now figuring out that it's really not a ship. It is a pirate house that flies. Yes. And I was thinking it was ships, and they were just calling them their houses. <laughs> yeah, no, they're actually houses. <laughs> so, so this is the one where, like, a hundred years ago, this woman gets shipwrecked. She finds message in a bottle. It tells her how to make anything fly. So she enchants a house, flies back to England, teaches all the women how to, or not all of the women, but a lot of the women how to do this magic as well. They all enchant their houses, take the skies as pirates or witches. That was book two. Uh, which I think I, it must have been last time that I talked about it. And so this is book three. Yes. And it definitely sounded from like the end of book two, there was a character who I'm assuming is the lead lady in this one. We were going to get her story next and she seemed more spy. The other two are not so much spy novels. They're more romancy. They're a little bit like they're searching for a lost amulet, but they're not, it's not like hidden. They, just, they know who has it. Or, okay. or the second one that I just read. They know who has the amulet. They're just chasing her. Okay. Um, but this one, she's, this character was in it, and she definitely seemed a little like, is she a witch? Is she a pirate? We're not sure. Yeah, she works for the Agency of Undercover Note Takers. Ooh. Because the notes or the gossip that travels amongst the housekeepers and the help. Yeah. They've turned that group, not everybody, of course, but um, there are some people, and men and women, who know all the background of what's going on so she's part of this group and she is off on a mission and it's her and the other top person in their secret service and uh he's a gentleman and there might be some romance brewing and it I, is, I imagine there is it is funny it's laugh out loud funny it is witty i'm a little confused but i'm thinking i'm figuring it out it's like nothing i've ever read before yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you like it, though. Yeah, and I, I think Lexi, Plenty of shenanigans. Yeah, my kid <laughs> tried to read it and kind of put it down. I'm not sure it's up her alley. I think there's a lot she wouldn't get from it. Hmm. I'm kind of glad that we have it. But I'm just like, yeah. what? Wait a minute. Huh? So it's it's a little confusing. I could see that, yeah. And I think especially starting with book three, even though I, I don't think it sounds like it matters, I just don't have the background on the incantation and the flying houses and why that's part of the story yeah it's just a thing that happened yeah so i mean and that's what it is in this book it's a thing that's happened but i don't have the background to click yeah. it all together so that's kind of all you need to know yeah there's this spy thing going on but the houses fly yeah <laughs> and there are witches and pirates pirates yes the pirates have the flying houses yes the witches think that having your house fly is kind of tacky really. okay they're a lot more reserved 
They still steal things, <laughs> but they they don't have their houses flying around. Yeah, I haven't quite put the pirate piece into place. Interesting. Why they're pirates. Uh, anyways. I don't so, think that's ever really explained. It's just okay. instead it's just of having pirates. pirates on ships, there's, there's pirates. I don't know, it's funny. In, yeah. <laughs> Flying houses, ladies in flying houses. But they've got, like, like in 007, they have their, the guy that makes all the gadgets. What's Q? It? M? Yeah, it's it's Q. M, it's M is the boss. Yeah. And it's Dr. Snodgrass, right. which just the name is, yeah. brings up funny emotions. Yep. <laughs> and he's, he reminds me, actually, of the, the guy in Minions that is creating all the, um. the, the tools that don't quite work right. So there's a lot of secret tools in your brooch or umbrella that don't work right and it's it's ridiculously funny well i think i have this one on my kindle i got it out from the library so it is one of my planned reads on my trip we'll so read I'm it excited. and then we'll have to talk again yes because i should be done by then i'm having a hard time putting it down it is yeah it's very very plotty yeah and, uh, <laughs> but yeah lots of shenanigans yes oh, I'm, I'm, so I'm hoping the romance gets good too because you know it's a good summer read they usually do hot, yeah a little steamy romance but yeah. there's some good banter yeah you're not too far into it so no no not yet they'll, they'll get there I, I think yeah okay bingo Bingo! Bingo! Started Friday, May 26th, ends Monday, September 4th. To enter for fabulous prizes, you need to post a photo of your bingo sheet with your completed bingo in a column or row or diagonal to Instagram with the hashtag CCRR Summer Bingo 2023 or on the Ravelry thread. And if you get a blackout and post a photo of that, you can get a second entry. And if you complete all three bird theme squares, uh, craft a bird, cook a bird, or read a bird, then you will be entered to win a fabulous bird-themed prize. And we have a couple people that have uh, finished their bingo. Wow. Very exciting. Like blackouts or they have a bingo? Uh, just bingos so oh. far. Although, yeah, some people are working on their blackouts as well. So I, this time, Independent People was a prize-winning book for me and a friend recommendation because uh, the woman at the book club recommended it. My Gemini t-shirt was my crafting something summary. So that was exciting. I wasn't quite expecting that one. And then it occurred to me that I could do that. I had already claimed the cooking bird themed with my omelet last time, but I think my low and slow chicken is honestly a better fit for that. And, you know, just for fun. There it is again. And then last night we had pizza and I did um, just a plain cheese pizza, but uh, put kind of a salad with Italian dressing and olives and uh, some salami in there and uh, tomatoes and stuff. And so that is my pizza my way. And that gets me a bingo. It actually gets me the all food bingo. I don't know if we've mentioned this. Courtney had set it up so that you can get a bingo just cooking or just reading or just crafting. So you do not have to do everything. Well, you I can found do- that out today as I got my reading bingo. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, so which, so the reading bingo, so what did you read? A book by a debut author, so nice. the Sarah Novetch book. Oh, yeah. Um, she, that's her first book. Read from a different genre would be The Secret Society of Tea and Treason. Yeah. Well, vacation, crafting, cooking, and reading. I did lot. We made cheese and salami boards everywhere we went. We tried to save a little money on lunch and eat at home, so... We did um, some fun shopping and creating tasty treats, but I read through the whole trip. And you got a book while you're there, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And then read a book from some place you want to visit. I read both of the books oh, yeah. about Croatia. And then a bird-themed book, and I'm hoping this counts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but in the house on the Cerulean Sea, the main character is a phoenix. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I listened to that right before we went oh, on our nice. trip. Oh, what'd you think of that? You know, I started it and I love the cover and it's the cover that pulled me in and just that idea because we were going to the Adriatic Sea. Yeah. That some turquoise waters would be something fun to read about. I don't know if it's a young adult book or a made for grown-ups book. I think it's more, it look, definitely looks young adult. I think it's more grown-ups. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it could go either way. I think it's a great story. I completely... High school for sure, I would oh, think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I totally enjoyed it for a little bit. I didn't know if I'd finish it, but I did. And I really enjoyed it. And I was glad that I read it. And I read it during Pride but, Month, too, which uh, seemed yeah. like it went Yeah, with that. His so, books usually do. Yeah. And I didn't know who he was. It was fully the cover that oh, drew me in. I think that was his first big one. Or maybe his first adult. Did you talk about that before? Yeah. I read... couldn't figure out why. Like, it just kept coming up. And... That's the one with the kids and the, the guy goes to investigate the orphanage. Yeah, he goes yeah, to yeah. investigate the okay. orphanage. Yeah. yeah. That was the first one of his that I read. That was a couple... I don't think it's couple new. Years. No. Yeah. Because I've read two or three more of his since then that have come out since then yeah i find my the things i listen to are what's available yeah because <laughs> i don't want to wait and when i do Fair. wait like i just got a book that i waited for but i'm in the middle of another book mm. and i've already extended that one so i need to i hate it when they pop in and i'm not ready for them yeah. so i often miss a good book that's new you, you can pause the hold you can but then it keeps coming back and i'm not ready and then that's, yeah. eventually it fades yeah. away and i that's, forget about it <laughs> that's why i have like 30 books on hold right now that yeah. i keep every day it's like which one okay i know hold that one hold that one oh wait i can take that one yeah. now and you listened to that one i did it was how great. Was, it was good yeah it was really oh, good cool. i liked it a lot i liked it a lot yeah sometimes i feel like i recognize voices because they're from books i've listened to and i'm like I, there has to be more readers they can't all be the same like in all the books i read there can't be that that woman can't read all those books but that voice sounds familiar but i enjoyed that actually i liked it a lot yeah i like his books they they are this a little bit weird they feel like they're going to be a lot lighter than they end up Mm -hmm. being i i have discovered and they feel like they're going to be more young adulty and they're really more adult yeah yeah, it definitely um, was sort of like, wait, I don't know. Is this yeah. meant for me or is this a young adult book? Which I, think... I enjoy young adult books, so I don't, yeah. you know, as a teacher, it's fine. Yeah, I think he started off writing more kids or like definitely mm-hmm. younger. So this might have been his changing his age focus. Okay. So if I remember, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, because you're yeah. definitely a part of all those kids' lives right. and their points of view, which I thought, I thought it was a lovely story. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It was a good one. And it ended, made you smile. Yeah. Yeah. They usually do. You guys continue to be very, very busy with your bingos. Burdette made an elderflower spritz with locally made liqueur and bitters and made a summer no-bake lasagna, but she replaced the noodles with roasted zucchini, which sounds very interesting. And I might have to try that. I checked out the recipe and it looked good. And yeah, not having the noodles would be... Mine, good work. for my people as mine as yeah. well although as mine. they don't love zucchini but whatever <laughs> <laughs> you get what you get but i was very excited about that idea and then both hockey rachel and her daughter have been very busy actually they both have bingos now too hockey rachel's daughter her bingo was uh oh i think it was the crafting bingo it included she did the the felt robin that she made and an embroidered white shirt, which was uh, finishing a work in progress. So that was pretty cool. And then Hockey Rachel made a cocktail with some friends that involved fresh raspberries and sugar and gin and champagne. Ooh, I like I mean, that. I, there's that... been a lot of mixing Prosecco with 
other really alcohols anything. for me this yeah. summer. It's a good good concept. Mm-hmm. And then she also knit acorns. She had these the the, the tops of the acorns, mm-hmm. and so she knit the, the body of it and put them together, and it looked oh beautiful. And she is also well on her way to a blackout. Nice. So that was fun to see. And then on Instagram, Sun APSP did pizza her way. And I wonder if it could also be a from scratch because it had a sourdough crust Ooh, and it looked good. like maybe she had made it all herself. So that that looked pretty delicious. And it had sliced bell peppers and arugula, mozzarella cheese. Mm. I mean, I don't think there's a bad way to top a pizza, really. No. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like something, then I guess it doesn't work. But if you like it, it's all pretty good. Uh, Whirlstorm had a uh, marinated cucumbers and I mean, they look delicious. My favorite part was that it was a recipe that was on a handwritten recipe card. Oh. From like, and she, she wasn't quite sure where the recipe was from. Maybe Martha Stewart living in the late 90s. But <laughs> I love still having a recipe card. I have a couple that I have written down. I have my mom's box. Yeah, that's the best. I guess people don't really do that anymore, which is kind of... No, I keep it. Kind of sad. Yeah. But I don't go to it very often anymore, but it's there. Yeah. And, and you probably out. don't write your own on recipe cards. Anymore. No, but I think for my wedding shower, all the ladies at, and gentlemen at the school that I taught at wrote me a handwritten card. Oh. So I do have that stack. Yeah. Of, and that might have come with one of the boxes that I have because I have two boxes. Very nice. We'll have to, we'll have to reinstitute that as a That might be a good a one thing. for a, a bingo square next summer. Oh, yeah. An heirloom recipe from... And then Tamara Moots made a hot chocolate hat, which was both an accessory and a remake. And actually, she posted a photo. I think this was like her seventh or eighth remake of this hat. And it was very cute. I don't think I've seen this pattern before, so I might have to to make one for myself as well. And then she read a book set in Venice for a place that she wanted to visit. I think that was all the ones that I found for this time. So I'm... I have a few left. I am getting pretty full. I I do need to finish those socks. That will get me two squares. So that's good. And then there's a book that I wanted to read that Courtney had recommended. So I need that one still. I have plans. I have plans. We'll see. <laughs> see how much I finish. We have a big anniversary party for my husband's parents this weekend. And I bought a dress a while back that was on sale for an amazing price, but it was not my size. Mm. <laughs> it was a little big, so I bought it anyway. So I have it all pinned and ready to oh. to take in. So that's my work in progress, maybe? I don't sure. Know, or something. Anyways. I'm sure it counts for something. It's the most beautiful dress. I hope I can <laughs> make it fit because it's the fabric is so pretty. Nice. It just needs a little tailoring. Yeah. So my mom helped me pin it up Cool. quite a few months ago. <laughs> so it's sitting right there. The sewing just machine is right there. Just to kind of that's, take the lid off. That's happening soon, isn't it? Yeah, that's um, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I'm also doing all the decor, so there's yeah. some some stuff to do this week. Yeah, but it's good. You know, one of the things I like about the bingo as a teacher that doesn't have a lot of structure for the summer is that it offers me a little bit of structure and something I can go to when I don't really have any plans for the day. Oh, so I like that. Thanks. So thanks for bingo. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. I think that is it for this time. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thanks for having me. Very exciting. Until next time, (laughs) make sure to do something you love every day. Say thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Show notes can be found at craftcookreadrepeat.podbean.com. You can find us on Instagram as craftcookreadrepeat or courtneysf at c-o-r-t-n-e-y-s-f. On Ravelry, I'm Magdon, M-A-G-D-O-N. 
And if you have any questions or comments, email us at craftcookreadrepeat at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.